Contact Center Focus, the Reality Training Podcast. Welcome to a new episode of CCF. Hi, Bobby Boy, how are you doing? Hello, indeed, and welcome to all listeners of Contact Center Focus. It is a new year, and this is a new episode for 2023. Jeremy, what are we going to be talking about today? We are going to be talking about closing the customer experience gap. So I suppose first, we better just mention that everything you deliver in a contact center has an element of trying to give the customer a better experience, an experience. It's not an awful thing that they have to go through to call you, whether they are new or existing. And it's just this concept of what can you do in your role to improve the experience. And the reason why we're calling it closing the customer experience gap is quite often there is a gap. There's a gap between their level of expectation of when they come through and the actual experience they receive. And they go, God, I thought it'd be awful. I was on the phone for ages and the person didn't listen and all sorts of things. So there's lots of ways that we can improve customer service. But what we're trying to talk about here is if there is a general gap in the level of experience being delivered, what are some of the ways you can close that gap? So whether you're a leader or a person, some of these things we're going to talk about might fall to different individuals. But Bobby, do you want to kick us off with what you think one of the biggest things that needs to be embraced that will help improve that experience? So the reason that there might be a customer experience gap is that you will have, as is common in many contact centers, a lot of inconsistency. So as a customer, I may get a very, very different experience speaking to one advisor as I might get speaking to another. Now, consistency is a very, very tough thing to achieve, but it's really important that all customers receive a similar type of experience. Now, that may be because what you have in your contact center is an element of control over what advisors are able to do and say to customers. Now, some of those things are down to uh, things like quality and compliance, but some of them might just be systems that are built up over time. And it might be that the customer experience is damaged by having to, for example, refer to a manager for a, a decision on something which is generally always a yes, and yet there's still that thing in place where you have to refer it to a manager. And so one of the best things we can do is to give people autonomy, to understand what are the most common requests that come through and is generally the answer to those requests yes? Yes, it is. Well, in that case, let's give our people autonomy to make that choice without having to refer to a, a manager. And that will increase the consistency. It will give them better skills and, and make them feel better about what it is they're doing. And it'll also improve that customer's experience because they asked for something. The advisor asked a few questions could see that it was within the confines of what it was they were allowed to agree to and went for it. And that is a massive thing because we don't want to feel as customers that we're constantly having to defer to managers on simple mm. requests. Jeremy. Absolutely. I'm just thinking about that. It'd be lovely to have, ooh, I'll just check with my manager, for that to not be spoken through the lips of millions of people daily. Wouldn't that make such a difference to the customer experience? Absolutely. But... You know, it does take some understanding of that. And I've got an example of that. There was a bank who used to get lots of requests on a Monday for people to extend their overdrafts because they uh, have overspent at the weekend. 
And of course, in the early days, those requests would go to a manager to have a look at things. And they realized that 95% of those requests were absolutely fine. And so they just empowered the advisors to come to that conclusion themselves. And it made a massive difference because all the customers that phoned in got the impression that every time they asked for help, the bank said yes. And that really helps with the loyalty element, of course, improve the customer experience. So that's a good one. Mm. Let's talk about numbers and behaviours. What's the difference? Well, my son was watching his beloved Manchester United at the weekend, and I'm pretty sure that I keep wanting to call him Eric Ben Ten, but it's Eric Ten Hag, I think, is the manager. I'm pretty sure he didn't say to his teams, 1-0, okay, 1-0, all right, we got that, 1-0, we got that. I'm sure he talked about skills and behaviours. I'm sure the Arsenal manager who they were up against talked about skills and behaviours. One of the things that Bob and I and our team see, it doesn't matter where we are in the world, we see managers, leaders talking about numbers and wasting their breath talking about figures. Because just discussing a number does not mean it will be reached or achieved. It's a business that needs to just completely shift that behavior of what we call watching the score because looking at a number doesn't change it and it's cultural we could argue it's historical it's deciding what are the skills that the customers need today in our interactions and conversations with them that will help them make a better decision help them stay with us help us understand them and so it's all the classic stuff that we do in our work it's selling it's serving it's asking it's listening And so I think one of the ways that you will close that customer experience gap is to not spend hours getting your team to pledge to hit a number, but getting your team to talk about a particular area of challenging conversation they're having and the collected minds of that group working on how to achieve a better outcome through skill, through conversation. It's as simple as that, but we know it's not as simple as to achieve. So should we move to the final point, Bobby Boy, um, that we think yes, will, indeed. will help hugely? And we'll try not to go off on too much of a tangent. No, but I think it's a fair point that targets are figures that are created and set. You won't find many courses that train you how to set a target because targets are really an educated guess. That's all they are. And managers will spend a lot of time trying to work out targets. And salespeople either think, mm, I can hit that target, or they think, mm, it's so high, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to hit that target. And that will affect the behavior of that salesperson with that customer. And that's going to affect the customer experience hugely. And so targeting affects human behavior more than anything else. And so we would say that whilst we're probably never ever going to get rid of targets, we perhaps should spend less time focusing on what those targets are and more time focusing on the conversations with customers, understanding them, delivering better experiences for them, you might find that if you just concentrate on that, you might surpass any targets you dreamt up weeks or months before. What do you think, Jeremy? I think if you had a stopwatch in your pocket and you led a team or you led a contact centre and every time you started to talk about targets, you clicked the top button. So... And you're going, so how are your team doing against the target? Have they hit their targets? What targets are you on? How far off your target? And then you press stop. And at the end of the day, you went, God, I've spent God, I've spent two hours talking about targets today. That's not probably, God, I could have talked about customers. I could talk about demographic. Could have talked about the best type of customer for this new service that we're offering. Could have discussed what customers are feeling about it. Could have just talked about customers instead of two hours on targets. 
it would be an interesting thing to just set the stopwatches going and say we have talked about targets for this many hours this week and if we were to flip it and talk about customers and be a customer-centric business rather than a target-centric business would we reach a different outcome now on that you also have the issue that if somebody is approaching a target and doing rather well where is the incentive for them to go way over that target they might get enhanced percentages and enhanced commission if Mm. they did that but no salesperson is going to want to go way over target because you'll just whack the targets up. So they will adjust their behavior. And what might happen is if once they've hit their target, if they've got three days to go before the next sales period begins, those customers might experience a totally different sort of behavior where the person doesn't really care about that interaction because they want to start focusing on, you know, there's no incentive for them to do that. So that's another thing to bear in mind that, If you've got lots of salespeople who hit their targets, it'd be interesting once they've hit to look at how that customer experience changes going forward. Mm. And and there's lots of ways, but we just want to leave you with those three, that if you're giving your people more autonomy, they're going to grow in their decision-making skills, which means their confidence is better, which means their tone of voice probably sounds better. Everything is affected. If you're spending hours talking about numbers in general, like how many are we off on this particular product? Have we got 16 of these, 25 of these? It's just numbers. And then, as we've said, to become a customer-centric business rather than a target-centric business. Well, look, thanks for tuning in to CCF. A short, sharp shock shot in the arm, and we'll be back with more. Thank you for your help, Bobby. Bye. Bye for now. (laughs) 